0: This is Jerry G. Martin and welcome to The Light of the World. During the month of June, we celebrated Fathers on Father's Day. We wanted to take it much further than celebrating Fathers on Father's Day. We have designated June as the Month of the Man. This is an opportunity to share with men how God sees us, and how God orders our life, and how God expects us to be leaders in our homes and our families, in our communities, and in our nations. We're sharing several messages that we hope will be a blessing and a benefit to everyone that's sharing. Call the man in your life and tell him to listen in to today's broadcast. Now, come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. In the kingdom of God, everything is positive. Everything is a blessing. While in the kingdom of Satan, everything is a negative. It's a curse. God originally created human beings in the positive state of holiness to enjoy fellowship with him. He he enjoyed fellowship with Adam and Eve in a holy context. But when sin entered, the very nature of man changed from a positive to a negative and the fellowship was broken. To restore man to the positive fellowship with his creator once more, God sent Jesus Christ to the world to reconcile, to bring men back to himself. And when a man is brought, Into the kingdom of God out of the kingdom of darkness through our repentance and faith in Christ we can regain our fellowship with God and our relationship with him and that is the first step to your success is having a relationship with Jesus Christ that's the first step to your success now the characteristics of the kingdom emanates from or comes from the king. And God is the king in the kingdom of God. So all the characteristics in the kingdom of God are a blessing to us. And in the kingdom of darkness, they are negative with consequences. So in the kingdom, you have light versus darkness. You have truth versus lies. You have love versus lust. You have righteousness versus sin. God is the creator. Satan is the counterfeiter. He counterfeits everything God creates. He he put his own spin on it. Remember the first thing that the serpent said to Adam and Eve. Now did God really say that? For example, when this is how he counterfeits. For example, the, the nightclub or the bar you used to go to on the corner is a counterfeit church. The bartender or the DJ is the pastor. You used to go there to fellowship you would go there and get counsel girl I wouldn't do that yeah girl they come right here That's, that's that's the ticket right there you would get your counsel in the club and also you would get filled with spirits that's what they call alcohol spirits it's a counterfeit church the devil said that's what they do over there let's do that over here you don't remember, you stayed there at a two o'clock and said, What time is church over? <laughs> they, they, you got the benediction at two o'clock in the morning. The lights would flash and say, Last call. Remember Brother Ray? <laughs> I didn't see Brother Ray sitting in there until he turned the lights on. He was doing just like he's doing now. <laughs> but all the principles originate in the kingdom of God. There are no principles in Satan's kingdom, he only perverts what God creates. Biblically, and in the kingdom of God, there is a principle that when we spend time in prayer, it produces fellowship and intimacy with God. But one of Satan's perversion is to promise intimacy through pornography and sexual sins rather than prayer. Pornography and sexual sins promise physical closeness, good feelings of intimacy, but ultimately results in distance, addictions, and alienations. He counterfeits. He says, you want intimacy? You can find intimacy by going down this pathway. Virtue and righteous living is a principle that flows from the kingdom of God. But the root of all sin is in the kingdom of Satan. God's kingdom is moral, Satan's kingdom is immoral. God says, Choose life. He says, I lay before you two pathways death and life. Choose life. Satan's principle said, Okay, well, 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 it's a woman's right to choose. Let her decide whether she wants to kill all these babies. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's your right. And you find yourself in our culture doing the same thing they did in the Old Testament when they used to take their babies and sacrifice them to the gods of Moloch. And God said, you tell me y'all doing that to them babies? We've come back around. There's nothing new under the sun. Satan says, "Sacrifice some, so you can enjoy your life more." <laughs> and even people in church will buy the same message. Oh, yeah, it's it's a woman's right with whatever she want to do with her body. You know, the Bible said, "Your body is not your own." And that's what it says in the Kingdom of God. Amen. See, your body don't belong to you. That's a touchy subject. The church ought to talk about it. The reason it's touching, cause the pastors ain't talking about it. But I got a man up as a pastor and take the bullets. Cause right is right and wrong is wrong no matter who don't like it. God's kingdom is moral. Satan's kingdom is immorality. Jesus in the book of Matthew tells us that what our mission is as men. If you seek to be successful and I believe every man want to be successful whether you're starting a business or whether you're working on your uh, career or on a job assignment. Even if you have a vocation you want to be successful as an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter. But Jesus says you want to be successful? This is what you do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you. And he he mentioned what those things were before he said this. Uh, What you're going to eat, yes, your food. What you're going to wear, your clothes. Where you're going to live, your house. How you're going to make it. All of these things that you worry about, I got you. If you take care of looking after the kingdom of God. And it is the understanding and application of the principles of God's kingdom and we live in, and we, we function with those principles day by day, we will be successful. So let me talk a little bit about the man of ministry and money. Ministry and money. Because, uh, you know, one of the things I found out about money is that the Bible tells us not to run after those things. But I was broke one time, and I certainly found that terribly inconvenient. I mean, I was broke, didn't have no money, didn't have anywhere to go to get any money. But that was when I was 21. And I said, I don't like this. I will never be broke again. I have to change some things. I have to behave myself on the job. <laughs> I was a rebel. I was an activist. That was a time of black power. I'm said loud, I'm black and I'm proud and I let everybody know that. And they were scared of me on the job because I talked so much noise. And I got fired. (laughs) And I ended up broke. And I made myself a promise. I said the next time I get on one of these good white folks' jobs, I'm going to behave myself. I'm going (laughs) to tell you that right now. I'm through with my civil rights position has changed. It is Jerry Martin writes. I'm working for me, I ain't working for the rest of y'all. Y'all on y'all own. And I haven't been broke since. I've been criticized, I've been called Uncle Tom, I've been called everything, but I ain't been broke. I said, yep, call me Uncle Tom. I've not already paid my dues to the cause. I have to lay my own pathway. For me and my family, we're doing pretty good right now. But that didn't start year before last. That started in the 70s. Yeah. Having a path where I'm trying to get so that I could be successful and my family can prosper. I didn't start when I was older. I started when I was in my 20s saying, where am I going from here? And what discipline I need to put in my life. They wanted me to go up there with the rest of the group to tell the man they was wrong. I said, I ain't going. y'all go. All of us don't need to go. <laughs> Somebody need to stay by the stuff and watch the stuff. I'm watching the stuff. Y'all go. In the world system, men spend a great deal of time and effort to gain wealth or money. But let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, money follows ministry. When I came to the the Lord Jesus Christ and I started applying the biblical principles in my life, One of those principles was tithing. So I've been a tither ever since I got saved in 1983 and I don't regret one penny I gave to the kingdom because every time I'd give to God God would bless me more and I'd give more and God would bless me more. Money follows ministry. I became more interested in ministry than I became in money and God says since you're interested in ministry and you got some good principles you're not going to have a need for money. See, we tend to think that ministry is just standing in the pulpit preaching. But man, I want to tell you this. The truth is, everything we do is serving and ministering. Whatever your profession is, whatever your assignment is, whatever your vocation is, that is ministry. If you're a truck driver or a carpenter or a mechanic, commit your work to the Lord and your ways to the Lord. Proverbs sixteen three says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Listen, you're, you just don't commit yourself to the Lord when you come to the church. You commit everything you do to the Lord. I wouldn't start a business without offering it up to the Lord first. Lord, this is your business that you have in me to, to undertake, and I'm giving it to you before I even get started. How do you want me to proceed? Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord's Christ you are serving. You can be a barber, you can be a butcher, you can be a driver, you can be whatever. And if you're working for the Lord, the Lord uh, honors that and the Lord bless you. So when you're looking for work or a career, begin with the purpose of serving and using whatever gift or skill you have to minister to others. How can can I be a blessing to other people with what I'm doing? Okay, I know this is foreign information. You You thought the purpose for a job was to get a paycheck. That's not the purpose for a job. The purpose for a job is for God to work through you to reach others whatever you're doing and he'll give you a paycheck and other blessings on top of that so if if the only reason you're going to that job is to get a paycheck you're underestimating what God wants to do in your life you know why because all you're looking for is a paycheck and when somebody asks you to do something more than what you thought was your job assignment you have a pet phrase you use that ain't my job but when you go on and say, what else can I do? How can I, how can I expand what I'm doing? How can I learn more? How can I grow more? The next thing you know, you'll have enough information to open your own business and be successful. <laughs> but as long as you're getting a paycheck. One of my good friends is Vietnamese and I went to his factory where he was making uniforms and clothes and he had a bunch of people working in there and most of them were Vietnamese. I went back a year later and I went there and they were mostly, the Vietnamese workers were gone. And I said to him, I said, "Uh, what happened to all your Vietnamese workers? He said, the Vietnamese will only work for you long enough to get enough money to go into business. That was a sobering thought. My folks ain't gonna just sit over there on a sewing machine. They're gonna be making these clothes on their own somewhere else. So you got to do more than just go look for a paycheck. I don't care if you start at McDonald's. You ought to be looking at how they run this business and how I can do get into the food business, the preparation business, restaurant business, the delivery business. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Otherwise, you're always complaining. No, I don't want to do nothing. I go into places, and, and the young lady is at, at the counter. She's waiting on me. I said, You used to like you could be the manager. Oh, I don't want to be no manager. I ain't got time to fool these people. <laughs> How many times do you hear that? I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to do that. I'm like, Why? You don't want It's a different understanding, it's a different mindset. So we got to change our understanding, change our mindset. Otherwise, you're going to keep begging. Uh, I'm looking for a job. You got a job? No, you ought to be up there. If you work somewhere, you, I could do this. I'm out how, how this get done. I told somebody yesterday, we ought to send somebody to work over there at one of those places that sell all that hair with them other folks uh, selling it. You get in there, your strategic espionage is to find out where they're getting it. So you just working, you be the best worker they got. You work in the warehouse, you work in the back, you looking at all the, 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 the packing slips and the, and the paperwork that come in, all you doing is documenting where they getting that stuff, next thing you know, you opening yours. Yeah. We the one buying all the hair, but we ain't selling it. <laughs> There's something wrong with that picture. And the man ought to say, baby, don't you come in this hair, house with no more hair unless you figure out how to go sell it. Coming in here with all that hair. Find out where they're getting it from. I might get to whip when I get home. <laughs> I might have to go buy me some hair. <laughs> where was I at? See while you might be looking for money, God is looking for ministry. And if you're working with God, God knows how to bless you. And then secondly, you need to be a man of prayer and productivity. When a man put prayer and productivity together, you can expect great results. You can't just pray and not be uh, productive and you shouldn't just try to be productive without prayer. Men, if success is important to you, pray. Prioritize your prayer life. In all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will do what? He will direct your path. In all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord, he'll direct your path. A prayer man who makes it faith and his work will be productive and successful. Faith, prayer and productivity, you're going, to be, you're going to be successful. No one can hold you back. But your prayer and your productivity and ministry must be in a balance with one another. That was a man who was distressed on the job because uh, the boss told him to stop the witnessing. He was doing more witnessing than he was working. So when you're on the job, you can't get too much in ministry that you're not doing your work. I've had to do the same thing when I was the manager and I'd had to tell the the preacher that was working for me, I said, listen, you need to stop doing all this preaching to these other folks while you're supposed to be working. I'm just trying to do the work of the Lord. Well, it said, do the work of the Lord on your own time. My problem was at his lunch hour, he wasn't witnessing. He's over there eating his lunch. Well, take your lunch. You go and witness on your lunch hour then. We both be doing some work here on this job. You know what he called me? Pharaoh. (laughs) You Pharaoh. My job is to get this work done. There's a time to work and you minister on your own time. You know, if you was just saying something uh, in passing, that's one thing. But when you done stopped and started leaning and and holding a long conversation and all this right in the middle of the workday, that's what I'm talking about. A loss of productivity will cause you a loss of income. And then let me go to this. We need a man who is consistent or I would say constant and eternal. A man who has an eternal perspective. In our society, instant gratification has become a way of life. In the church, we've created drive through and microwave Christians. We can become frustrated when God doesn't answer our prayer instantly. But God is not concerned with instant. God is concerned with the constant, with the the firm, with consistency. That's why Jesus said, if you would abide in me, that means stay here for a while. And let my words abide in you. you let's stay together. Let's, let's keep this thing going. Let's get some consistency. Let's get some dependability. Abide with me. Rest with me. Stay with me. Fellowship with me. And then he said you can ask for whatever you desire and it will be given to you. So God looks on our heart and is concerned with our, our consistency, our character, and our worth. When we look at the life of Abraham, I was looking at this the other day. We look at the life of Abraham. The Bible says wherever Abraham went, he pitched his tent and then he built his altar. His tent signifies that temporary dwelling place, but his altar was his place of worship. But we living in a place now where we will pitch our altar and then build our tent. Our uh, altar, that thing that where we should be worshiping, we just throw it together very quickly. But uh, our tent where we live, we spend all of our effort trying to find us the right house, build that house, work real hard so we can get that house. And once we get that, we're dissatisfied because they just opened up a brand new subdivision behind the gated community by the lake and now we need to get over there. So we pitch our altar, and we build our tent. That's our difference in our values. See, you can pitch your personality, but you gotta build your character. You can't just pitch your character. It's gotta be firm and built. See, you can pitch your hookup, but you gotta build your marriage. When you're just shacking, you just pitched it. That ain't marriage. You pitch your church attendance, but you build your spiritual life. I don't know who I'm talking to. See, in the church, God wants pillars who support the work, not posts who just pitch in. When the pressure comes, those who are pillars help stabilize the church. But those who are posts collapse under the weight of the pressure of responsibility. God is looking for pillars, he's looking for He's looking for those who would build something and not just pitch something. When Abraham pitched his tent, he knew he was going to pick that tent up and he going to move. But when he built that altar, he knew every time he come by that place, he can kneel down at that altar because it's still there and it's firm. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast as we've been sharing you a word that we delivered to our congregation during the month. Of the man. Men are so important in God's eyesight and they're so important in our families and in our culture. I want to just encourage men to be all that God has called them to be and to do all that God has called us to do. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message. Or you can listen to previous messages that you've heard on this station. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Then I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We're meeting every Sunday. Our church is open. We are having wonderful services. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a series right now that she's sharing God's words and God's messages with us so that we can continue to grow and to be engaged in the things of God. Meet us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road. You can also join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot For those of you who are looking for a Christian bookstore, we have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. You can get Bibles church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, or whatever you need. If we don't have it, we can order it for you. Call us at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now, for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.